1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: I got good news, bad news. Bad news first. No Jay Gruden right now. Because we don't have any phones, so we can't call Jay Gruden to get him on, as I've been promising you, you would hear from him all day long. So we're going to work on ironing that out as we go. Good news is, we're big boys, we got takes and thoughts and comments and analysis, and we still got a lot of meat on the bone from yesterday's football game. We're broadcasting live at Buffalo Wild Wings in Falls Church, and right now, this moment, the only way to get a hold of us, the only Mm. way to talk to us, other than on Twitter, at Grant H. Paulson, at Funny Danny, is to come see us at B Dub's, fifty two seventy five Leesburg Pike, and hang with us and talk a little football. So let's uh, do this. I want to talk Chase Young for a second. Chase Young played his third game yesterday. Uh huh. Chase Young in three games since coming back looked healthy, which is a really good sign. Looked like he was not favoring his knee at any point not in any pain, wasn't necessarily slowed in my opinion. Mm -hmm. He just looked like a guy with a big knee brace who was playing football. That's a win. In those three games, 30 snaps, two tackles, and a pass defended. Statistically, his best game was his first game. Game two, 38 snaps, one tackle, one quarterback hit. And then game three, 47 snaps, two tackles. So he basically played the better part of a football game. Like a
3: starter, yeah.
2: Would play, yeah, in, in in his third game. He's getting ready now to go into the offseason to enter what is going to be year four in the NFL, believe it or not. This has been three Chase Young seasons. We had the rookie year. He was the defensive rookie of the year, and he had seven and a half sacks. We had year two where everyone chalks it up to a torn ACL, but he actually played ten weeks before he tore his ACL, and he had one and a half sack. It was a massive disappointment. Then he got hurt. And then you had year three, which was ravaged by the injury and crippled by the lengthy recovery from what was a marathon rehab. It was a very serious procedure for the ACL. It wasn't just an ACL. We know the story now, right? It also still took a lot longer than the team thought it was going to. They thought he could be back around the Eagles game. He came back well over a month after that and only played in three games. But we have now arrived at this destination where he's knocked off the rust, he played in three games, no sacks, no pressures really to speak of that were in critical moments, no impact plays, but no one was asking for a whole lot. That's fine. Dismiss these three games as what they were, just basically him getting back to speed. Danny, he better have a big old jump in year four. We, we can't and we shouldn't forget about what was promised. Yep. We can't and we shouldn't forget about what the potential for this player is. I was talking to someone yesterday, and they said, I thought Chase did pretty well against the run. I got a tweet from someone saying, you like PFF, he graded well via PFF in his first game back. That's all great. This was supposed to be Von Miller. This was supposed to be TJ Watt. I no longer think that's possible, just based on this injury, and I hope I'm wrong. But forget that for a second. Forget that he was supposed to be Miles Garrett. They need him to be Montez Sweat. You know, they need him to be Ryan Kerrigan. They need him to be better than Casey Tuhill. Like, that is is going to be the early season storyline on this defense, I think, barring something major happening from a personnel standpoint. I don't need Nick Bosa anymore. Nick Bosa's not walking through that door. I don't even need Joey Bosa or the third Bosa, whose name I don't know because he's playing in an independent league baseball team somewhere. I just need Chase Young to be on the level of, Payne's a pro bowler. Allen's a pro bowler. Sweat's an alternate. Go get me nine sacks. And at this point, I don't even know what to expect.
3: Yeah. I mean, you and I have, have different attitudes about it. I will say, you've got your head on straight about it. I'm, I will never forgive everyone for screaming at me. So that's my own pettiness that I'll, that I'll deal with here in a second. But I need what I was promised. I'm not getting that. And you'll never, even if he plays great in year four, I still had three years where it didn't happen. I need the thing where everybody told me about the game wrecking. What games have been wrecked? I can't have it be, well, he was nice against the run, and he hustled. I, that's, I, I, got, I got F. A. O. Obata to do that. I got John Ridgeway to do that. I got plenty of hustlers. I got Casey Twohill to run guys down on a scramble from behind. I, don't, I need dominance. I need excellence. I need the you can't pass on him, though, that everybody promised me. I need that. Otherwise, what are we doing? Because i I'd, here, I tell you what I'd rather do. I'd rather, keep, I'd rather sign Deron Payne right now given that I don't know what Chase Young is going to be in the future. Even if it means that I, I'm guaranteeing I won't sign him, I'll sign him, I'll sign Montez Sweat, even if it means that I run the risk of him blowing up, playing great, and then doing it somewhere else because I can't afford him anymore. That's the stage I'm at. I mean, I don't see the pass-rushing evolution that would justify all of this. He's athletic, he's strong. That's not up for debate. It's not a physical skills competition, though. right? What he does is he gets off the line, Runs real fast. His arms are pumping and his legs are moving fast. And then he just kind of jumps into the pillow arms of a left tackle and is never seen from for the rest of the play. Sort of stands around. And then maybe hustles afterwards, but is very active on the sideline high-fiving people. Where's the evolution? Where's the growth? Where are the moves? Where's all the different things that that were going to make him this uncheckable monster? I need that. I I can't just have it be okay. I can't have him be a a run-of-the-mill pass rusher. I need that dominance Otherwise, I'm not really sure what we're supposed to do.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong. The fifth-year option would have to be picked up this offseason. Isn't that how that works? It is. That, to me, is a pretty large decision.
3: And it's an underrated one. No one's talking about that. I mean, granted, with the business of football, as we were going through this year, they had a chance at the playoffs until, of course, they screwed up and didn't win a game for a month and then finally played a great game against the Cowboys. that didn't matter. But... That's one of their big orders of business heading into this offseason. I tell you this right now, I wouldn't do it. And even if it means it would, it might cost me, uh, I would not pick that thing up automatically. I think they will just because it would be a big negative story if they didn't. But it's not something that I'd feel confident in just paying the guy close to $18 million bucks, which I think is what that fifth-year option would be.
2: Yeah, I'd have to look at the number. It's certainly that for quarterbacks that go in the top 10. He went second, so it's going to be a massive number. Um, I, I there's going to be an argument made that they have to pick it up because of what he could become and what he was when he was drafted and the hype and the potential and the upside. I can't pick that option up right now. I just can't. I mean, you got to show me more. I, I can't pay you that much money in your fifth season. What if he goes back to the well next season, Danny? and he has like a a six-and-a-half, seven-and-a-half sack, just fine year for a defensive end like we've seen Rob Jackson and other guys have. And you're on the hook for 17 mil in his fifth year. Yeah, according
3: to Over the Cap, Burrow, which I think they'll probably pick up. i bet you he's fine. I think they do. uh, That's a $30 million fifth-year option. Chase Young is at 17 five, is what that fifth-year option would be worth.
2: I don't think I can pick that up. I'm not doing that. And, And to your point on the defensive line, right, Deron Payne's a pending free agent who just uh, tied Dave Butts for the most ever sacks by a defensive tackle in organizational history with 11 and a half. They're going to have to probably franchise tag him or pay him an unbelievable amount of money this offseason. I was totally on board with not paying him. Mm -hmm. They, by the way, didn't plan on paying him coming into this year. When they paid John Allen, they chose Allen over Payne and they thought they were going to pay him and let Payne walk and address the defensive ends. I don't think they knew that Deron Payne was about to do something that no defensive tackle's ever done here other than Butts. After the year he just had, where he basically had a career's worth, like his first four years combined worth of sacks this year and then tackles for loss this year, completely flourished, completely broke out was a wrecking ball and a dominant figure and not a defensive player of the year type, but he was their defensive player of the year, and Mm -hmm. he was probably a top 15 to 20 defender in football in terms of impact this season. You got to keep that guy. Sweat is the more deserving candidate to be paid than Young and has to be paid sooner. I mean, Montez Sweat in his own right is a guy at this point that they have to figure out. What are we doing with him? Montez Sweat. Has played four seasons. He's going into the final year of his contract. Are you re-signing him? Because if you are, it's now. It's this off season. Uh-huh. And I would rather right now feel good about trying to pay pain and sweat and then you risk not having the money for Chase Young. And you could be wrong and, and you could, like you said, you, you could guess wrong where, and this would be typical, right? Because things right. haven't gone their way. But Let's say they, they do business with sweat, they do business with pain, they don't pick up the option, and then Chase Young goes out and has 14 and a half sacks, and it's the beginning of the rest of his career. Now you've got to break the bank and pay him, and he's got you over the
3: barrel.: So I'm, I'm, you know, that's the old bird-in-the-hand analogy, where there's like it's worth more than two in the bush, and then you've got like a, 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 a crossbow, and maybe you have like a bow and arrow and then like something to catch the bird with. I'm going with what I know. And here's what I know. Montez Sweat was tied for fourth in the league in quarterback hits. So the sack totals weren't there. You and I both know that. But Nick Bosa was off the charts with this. He, he more than doubled up basically the rest of the competition. Among the regular old pass rushers, Max Crosby, stud, 35. Chris Jones, Kansas City, stud, 29. And Montez Sweat tied with Matt Judon, Quinnon Williams, Uh, and Dexter Lawrence at 28, tied for fourth in the league.
2: I think Sweat was really good. I think He only had eight sacks, but I think he's way better than that. Me,
3: too. Again, we talked about this with Jonathan Allen a couple years ago. We only had three sacks, and everyone saw it as a disappointment. You and I both said, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, not so fast, my friend, Lee Corso style. Replay that with all those analytic numbers right with all the qb hits the the pressures the 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 times he beat his opponent etc etc you run that back he has double digit sacks sure enough he did that the following season same thing with montez sweat here he was the king of almost by for a million different reasons sometimes a quarterback could slide because the opposite defensive end didn't get upfield enough or you know whatever the circumstances are he hit the quarterback 28 times this year that usually is going to translate to 12, 13 sacks. You look at Matt Judon, same number QB hits, 15 and a half sacks. You look at Dexter Lawrence, uh, the same as Montez Sweat. Quinton Williams had 12 sacks. We'd think a lot differently of Montez Sweat if he was a little bit luckier this year. I'd pay him. I'd pay Duran Payne. I'd f- I'll would figure the rest out. If I'm wrong about Chase Young, so be it. But I, I can't wait around. I've got guys that it's the-, it's the big sort of pitfall of drafting that similar position or same position group where you're going to have to pick and choose one over the other when they have four straight first-round picks in, in that kind of a spot. I'll take the guys that have produced consistently over the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, and, and I will say I'm nervous about what I'm about to say because I don't know how fair it is, but I think it it's, it's fair enough to, to try to articulate. I made it pretty clear that when Chase Young came back, I was not going to be overly judgmental or demanding a whole lot of him early on because of how serious the injury was and how— serious the recovery was. I say that to say I was not all that impressed. I, and I don't know if that's completely fair. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's but that, that knee brace he wears is the size of like the chair that you're sitting in here at Buffalo Wild Wings. I mean it is a massive knee brace. He is <clears throat> watching him right now immobile's not the right word, but it, it is a bull rush. He's easy to stand up. It was not Scary,
3: right?
2: To, to have to block him. A 42-year-old did it without much of a problem yesterday in <laughs> Jason Peters. Now, hopefully he gets that brace off or there's a, a sleeker version of a brace next year. Again, I'm not going to beat him up over these three games. My point all along was, please get on the field. Yep. Don't be worried about what anyone's going to say because I think there was some of that maybe too. Like you're trying to mentally process everything and feel good enough to be on the field. You, you know how good Allen and pain and sweat look and... You know, you're used to being the best guy on the team. Just play, man. No one cares if you produce or you don't. But my, my point is just as I forecast into next season, I have major questions. And they were there before the injury. If you go back That's and the key to me, Grant. Go back and watch the tape before the injury. And to me, that is the whole story. If he was on his way to 17 sacks and then he came back and had these three weeks, we wouldn't think a thing about it. Precisely. Right? We would say, oh, man. You know, good to see him on the field. It's going to take some time, but he'll be fine. He was so ineffective for the, almost the entirety of all those games before he got hurt. And it really does Think, and I feel awful for the guy that he got hurt. But it's the reality of what happened. He, he was so replacement level largely in, in those outings that now you go, well, wait a second. You're going into year four. You had a a good rookie year where you were the best rookie defensively, and that's great. Nothing special. There have been a lot of other defensive ends who had better rookie years. Aiden
3: Hutchinson this year, for example. Much
2: better, yep. But that year, you line up every defensive player he was the best of. them. He was the best one. Congratulations, that's awesome. We are on a nice trajectory here. Year two now, you're flirting for the defensive player of the year if everything goes your way. The problem is that year two was not that. And not only that, but it cost you with the serious injury. And year three was basically a completely lost season. And now you're into year four. To your point on sweat, I'm looking at the numbers. Via PFF, they do a great job tabulating all this and having people study every play. So they gave him 62 pressures on the season. Among guys with fewer pressures, right, there is a dude uh, in Seattle with two more sacks than him who had the exact same number of pressures. There is a player with the Patriots who has four more sacks than him than had six fewer pressures. Alex Highsmith with the Steelers, I didn't even realize this, had a 15-sack season according yeah. to PFF, and their sacks aren't exactly the same as the sacks they get assigned. But 15 sacks for Highsmith, seven fewer pressures than Sweat. An 11-sack season for rookie Aiden Hutchinson, he had almost 10 fewer pressures than Sweat. So if, if you just look at his sack total, it doesn't tell the whole story. Brandon Graham this year, the Eagles defensive lineman, had 13 sacks in a season in which he had 48 pressures. Sweat had mid-60s pressures and only had eight sacks to show for it. Part of that is the lack of help on the other side. And that's not a Chase Young issue, right? He did not play until the last three weeks. But when it's F.A. Obada or it's Casey Tuhill or it's seventh-rounder James Smith-Williams, it's not quite the same. They need Chase Young to be really, really good Not just for Chase Young, but for Montez Sweat, too. That's right. Look at what Allen does for Payne and vice versa. Those three guys are awesome. Man, would it be a big deal if they could get Chase Young back playing at that level. But even without him this year giving them almost anything, Mm -hmm. top five defensively, number one on third down, number one in goal to go, elite in the red zone, one of the best defensive units in the league, and they got next to nothing out of Chase Young.
3: So uh, my view of this, and and again, I'm not – I'm walking a line here. I promised myself, and, and, and all you guys as well, I'm not going to sit here and break down these three games that Young was playing coming back from this really serious injury. I don't think it's fair and, to and do. Start, and start grading him out going, "You didn't produce anything. He was playing part-time snaps and, and, and whatever. I'm just my eyeballs. I'm not a scout. I'm a pudgy dolt that, 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 that likes the team, right? My issue is he looked the same coming back this year in his little three games as he's getting his feet under him as he looked before he got hurt last year. My, my rudimentary eyes, I, again, I am not a scout. I just see what the good ones do. I see how the guys that are really good at this cannot be blocked. He can be blocked. He could be blocked all last year. He could be blocked this year. And his main contribution seems to be chasing plays down that went away from him because he's very fast. And that's unique And that athleticism is awesome. That's what leads you when, like, there's a ball on the ground. He's coming from the opposite side of the field and swoops it up and makes a great play. That's awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not why he was drafted, though. He was drafted to wreak havoc and get in the backfield and what? ruin things, and I don't think he can. So
2: I don't know how much of this is the injury. So, again, I'm, we're getting into hoping, right. hopefully we're not evaluating his three games too much. I'm going to say this is a whole career point, though, so far. Okay. He doesn't have moves. He, To me, when I watch him, he doesn't look like he has an assortment of tricks He doesn't have a swim and a rip and a tug and an arm and a hand fighting. And it's a lot of just trying to be bigger, faster, stronger. That got him here as the number two pick. Uh It has not worked here, though. And I hope that what happens is this offseason, unfortunately for him, was just spent trying to get healthy. It should have been spent in a perfect world trying to get better. From offseason one to offseason two, ideally – he was trying to get better, right? Now, that was the offseason where he skipped all the, the, the uh, organized activities. Uh-huh. And Matt Paris of the Times asked him if he would have done it over when it, midway through the season when he was struggling. And he said, I was getting my money, boss. Getting that money, boss. So, hopefully, his mindset and his paradigm have shifted a little bit and he's matured in some capacity. But year two to year three should have been, hey, I'm here right now. For those of you that can't see because it's radio, I'm, I'm showing where I am with my hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to raise my hand. I got to get here. He didn't get to do that. He was robbed of that because he just had to get his leg after a really serious injury right, and that is unfortunate. But now I hope that he got these three games. It's why it was so critical to get him on the field. People kept saying at the end of the year, don't play him, just shut him down, that no, stop talking immediately. He's been ready since Philly. He needs to play. He needs to get on the field and run around so that this offseason can be spent. He doesn't have to worry about his knee anymore. My knee held up. I got blocked. I got knocked down. I knocked people down. I made stops against the run. I did all the things that I needed to do. I chased down quarterbacks and changed directions. Now he's got to get in the lab.
3: Don't go to Von Miller's camp, though. Do something else. So there's no controversy. <laughs>
2: I don't care whose camp he goes to. Oh, come on, I'm kidding. I know what you're doing. Yeah, he's got to get in the lab, Danny. One
3: hundred percent, Grant. He, he yeah. needed. He's been needed to do that since before he got here.
2: The only time he has. I'm exaggerating, but I'm just telling you in my mind what Uh I'm thinking. The only time I can remember him hitting a move on someone and getting a sack.
3: Preseason game against New England when he hit Cam Newton. His first
2: preseason game ever when he put a spin move on the left tackle. I don't even remember who it is. I think it was the guy that got traded to the Raiders and came back, but maybe it was someone else. I don't know. I don't care. He ran a spin move. He got a sack in the preseason game, and I remember thinking.
3: Put him on ice. Oh, my God. 50 sacks.
2: (laughs) 50 sack season. Nick and Joey Bosa could combine; they wouldn't be this guy. Uh I don't remember him doing anything other than kind of a bull rush since then. I really don't, and I'm sure he does. I'm I'm, I'm being the guy that I hate on the radio now, where I'm I'm, I'm way oversimplifying this. Next year is about production. This year wasn't. You got to give me something, dude. You got to.
3: Yeah. You got to be outstanding (laughs) to erase a lot of what are we doing here? I mean, that, that's what it is to me. I mean, it's like, this This needs to feel worth it. Because remember, it's, it's not just about who they took, it's about who they didn't take. It's about what you passed up in that same, in that same draft class are guys like Justin Jefferson, who are just unbelievably productive and excellent. And, and he had a chance to break the, the receiving record that was set a year ago. You know, like, at, at some point, stop, no excuses from anybody else. Achieve at an incredibly high level. Other people do it all the time. Your time. Well, uh,
2: Get your thoughts on this next. You can tweet us. That's the one way to get to us. We're having some phone issues today. So you'll have to get a hold of us on social at Grant H. Paulson and at Funny Danny. We are expecting to catch up with the longtime former head coach on this organization, Jay Gruden, if and when we can make that call. So he will join us sometime this evening. Remember, Danny Connell is going to stop by to help us preview the national championship game tonight as well. Don't forget, we got TCU in Georgia with everything on the line in college football this evening. That's coming up a little over three hours from right now. They'll put the ball in the air for the national title game. We're live at Buffalo Wild Wings. You can stop by and say hello. We're in Falls Church. Grant and Danny with you on the fan. Next, let's swing back over to the offensive side of the ball and look at some of the options at quarterback this
3: offseason for the commanders on G&D. Danny Connell gets a
2: set for the national championship game tonight in a half hour. We're Grant and Danny, you are listening to the fan. I believe we're going to push Jay Gruden to tomorrow officially, All so right. I'll just let you guys know. I don't want to keep teasing you here. Uh, Jay Gruden will have to join the show tomorrow. But we appreciate everybody who is tuning in today for our day after breakdown on a victory Monday, a Hall & Oats Monday, the Commanders destroying the Cowboys by 20 points at FedEx Field yesterday. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings in Falls Church last time this season. So if you're in the car, commuting home, you're in the vicinity, stop by, say hello, it would be great to catch up with you for back in studio every show moving forward now. Uh, this is our last ride out and about this football season. Yesterday, the Commanders get the win. Sam Howell played really well. 11 of 19 with a couple balls that could have been caught in there. Could have been over 200 yards if they were. Ends up throwing for a buck seventy with a touchdown and a pick, and that is largely the conversation today. I thought, though, we could take a look at some of the other quarterback options coming up in just a little bit. Maybe we'll do that next segment because that's going to be again the theme tomorrow. The story, yeah. When Ron Rivera sits down with the media, just like after his first and his second season now, as he sits down for his press conference tomorrow afternoon and the day after his third season, you can title it. Search for quarterback continues. That, that, that's going to be the number one conversation.
3: That's our 30th sequel to the original movie. <laughs> I think they'll, they'll eventually, they'll maybe the same number of Fast and Furious movies that are made, but it, that's kind of the, the, the genre.
2: After his first year, though, there was no talk at all about possibly having a guy on the roster who could start the next year. His first year was the COVID year. Taylor Heineke had just played in the playoff game, and there were fans that were excited and said, give this guy a chance. But because he had recently been on his sister's couch, he was undrafted, he'd kicked around in the league on a couple practice squads, uh-huh. it was not viewed the same as a draft pick this past year in Sam Howe. After his second year, same thing. Because of the way he spoke, his answers, his press conferences, you knew no one on this team is going to start for this team next year. They are absolutely going and getting a quarterback by way of the draft or free agency. So this is actually the first time going into the offseason that they may hold over a starter in Howell, if they decide to do that. They haven't even really had the option based on what Rivera said at the end of the year for the last couple of years. That's a
3: good point, and it's a good distinction. I mean, I, I, I joke, but the, you know, the excuses that were made were, well, we want to build the nest around the guy. We want to make sure that, all that all, you know, you build the team up and you'll be able to drop the quarterback in, which would make some sense if it was a young quarterback, not – Another journeyman, right? Not another guy that's on his third team in three years. You know, not if it was going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, your caretaker kind of a guy. Or if it was Taylor Heineke, who, as you said, is always available uh, from your freshman sister's couch. So, you know, they delayed the process and delayed the process again. And now you delayed it so long that maybe you can't do that at all if you're Rivera and company. And maybe you're not allowed to. I saw Ben Standing tweeting uh, that the meeting between Snyder and Ron Rivera is supposed to take place next week after Rivera has done a lot of staff evaluation. What the hell is that going to entail? I mean, anyone have any idea what that is? Like, well, hey, that's
2: normal. That's every year you meet with your owner at the end of the year.
3: That sounds good. Is Dan Snyder bringing any information to the table when he meets with Ron? Hey, you're meeting with me now, but I'm not going to be the owner in six days. Or I'm here for the long haul, buddy. I'd like or, to think or so. Or you can't. I, mean, I have no idea. It's, it's, uh, so it's a highly unusual situation. Well,
2: look no further than the Nationals right now, who are a rudderless ship, right? I mean, they quite literally are sinking operation. They're awful. And last year, they were terrible. And if you're Mike Rizzo and the baseball ops staff, you've no idea what you can and can't do. Now, he did say there's clarity in what I can spend, which we now know means there's clarity you can't spend. Yeah, there's clearly no payroll. You clearly aren't able to upgrade the team. You clearly, here's your clarity, can't actually try to compete in this division go get Jamer Candelario for a couple million dollars. Go get Dominic Smith for a couple million dollars. So they're basically going to be adding 10 million bucks, 15 million bucks tops, and that looks bullish at this point to their payroll this yep. offseason, which is a joke. But this is what happens when a ownership change, we're presuming with the learners, lingers for an extended period of time. And when you've basically checked out because you're trying to move out of your house but you're not able to get a deal done yet, So things start falling apart. Oh, I'm not spending to fix that. I'm not going and buying that appliance. And next thing you know, you look around, it's FedEx Field all over again. You've been trying to move out of there and get to a new stadium for years, so you're not going to sink millions of dollars into a reno. And next thing you know, you're at a game, and someone's collapsing over top of Jalen Hurts because things are breaking. There's there's pipes opening, and water is getting everybody wet. This is what could happen. From an organizational standpoint, we're we're seeing it with the baseball team. You just hope that that's not the case here, that they're moving this thing fast enough, that Snyder has clarity, that, that there is a new owner coming soon enough, and that they'll be able to operate as normal. People don't want to hear this, but the reason back in the day that Trent Green left, and he ended up having a really good career. He went to the Rams, got hurt, and that's when Kurt Warner took over for the greatest show on turf. But remember, Trent Green ended up being really good with the Chiefs. Yep. Trent Green was in Washington and actually showed well enough at the end of a season in the mid-90s that everyone kind of established, okay, this is a guy you want to keep. They couldn't because they were in the middle of their sale. And the board of trustees didn't give them the ability to offer him a contract until the 24th hour. And he'd already gotten word from the Rams that they were going to be paying him, and it was too late at that point. So they lost Trent Green. That's literally how that worked. It can't happen again if they allow it to. So. My biggest hope, fingers crossed, is they can operate business as usual. Uh-huh. You can make the case last off season they didn't have the money to do what they needed to do. I in, still in make that case. In retrospect,
3: yeah. I mean, listen, the the Wentz deal and the fact that it was going to cost what it did is the only thing that flies in the face of that. But you keep going, hey, you guys have some other money. You you could pay. You could restructure. There are some things that you could do. And they showed no interest in it. Zippy. And and you then wonder, with given those circumstances, were they? having cash flow issues i have no idea i have I've not seen that report then the lottery check bounces you know like I, I just again weird or the route ra- whatever the 50 50 raffle a lot of weird stuff was going on there that sort of point to they may not have had the operating budget that you'd like
2: all right let's take our first look at this weekend's playoff bracket in the nfl the dust now finally settled first of all the games is on saturday four o'clock window at four thirty east on fox seattle is the seventh seed last team in in the nfc against the two-seed San Francisco, and I know Brock Purdy's inexperienced. He's been outstanding so far. I feel like the Seahawks are just getting sent in to be bludgeoned. Uh, Can they really play with San Francisco? We just saw that game on national TV a couple weeks ago, and the score does not indicate that the 49ers blew them out of the water. That offensive line had no answer for Bosa in San Francisco's front. I think the 49ers roll in that game, but that's the first of all the games this weekend. Ten-point
3: favorites in that one. I think I saw this stat, and I I could be misquoting it, so forgive me. I was trying to find it just now while you were talking. I don't think a seven-seed has been any better than a seven-point underdog since they've gone to this format. How could they be? Yeah. Yeah, it'll happen eventually, but it sort of gives you – You know, kind of an idea of the gap right now between some of these teams up at the top and then these really low seeds that are barely eking in at eight and nine or nine and eight or whatever.
2: If you're a two seed, you almost got a buy and you almost had the best record in the conference. Uh So you're a playoff team. If you're a seven seed, listen to the difference. You're also in the playoffs. (laughs) You're a playoff team? Are you? You're a playoff team is playing. You're a playoff team?
3: Yeah. You see that? Hey, you guys got in! That's the difference. Uh, San Francisco rolls.
2: Saturday night, Chargers at Jags. Jags get to host the game because they won the AFC South Saturday night this past week against the Titans. The Chargers are actually favored in this game in the 5-4 matchup, though. This will be the first chance at Justin Herbert in the playoffs, first chance at Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs. For that reason, I am steamed up for this night window on Saturday night.
3: This is the game for me. Now, you're coming off a week where the Chargers went on the road in Denver— Played all their players at altitude and have a short week going across the country, yeah. going east. That's not something I'm ignoring. That is not necessarily great strategizing by old Beast Staley.
2: Triple header on Sunday starts in the early window at one local time with the Dolphins and the Bills. Miami, the last team to get in in the AFC, thanks to the Bills beating New England. So they've got to both thank Buffalo and then probably lose to Buffalo. Oh,
3: great. We got Buffalo.
2: All in one week. Uh, will Tua play? That is a possibility, but certainly... Uh, Not known at this point. He would give them a chance at the Bills, who they beat earlier this season. That was in the famous Dorsey breaks his iPad game. Bills, though, likely to have DeMar Hamlin, I would think, at the stadium, perhaps, in some capacity. If not this week, then at some point in the playoffs, if they hang around enough. He left the Cincinnati Hospital. He's back in Buffalo. Second game on Sunday is going to be fascinating. The Giants are a six-seed on the road in Minneapolis to take on the three-seed Vikings. Everyone thinks the Vikings are frauds. Everyone in the NFC wanted them. The Giants get them. There's still a lot of upside for Minnesota, but that's a scary game against a really well-coached Brian Dable-led team. The
3: Giants know who they are, right? I mean, they're not flashy. They're not here to uh, you know, be the greatest show on turf. They want to muck this game up a little bit, and the Vikings have kind of fallen susceptible to that a couple times. That's an intriguing one.
2: Ravens-Bengals, I would say a rematch from this weekend, but the Ravens basically sat everybody on purpose, so it won't be a rematch at all. They might get Lamar Jackson back if they do. They can hang with the Bengals if they don't. Could get ugly in Cincinnati. That's an 8-15 East kick on Sunday to complete the triple header. And then for the first time ever, something we'll be talking a lot about this week. Monday. We got a Monday night football playoff game, which is pretty cool. The Cowboys, who looked great yesterday. I got to say, I got they to watch hot. them at FedEx. I haven't been that impressed by an outfit in a long time. They were buzzing,
3: man. That, that is a good really good to see their fans. That's still. a
2: good team. And that Dak Prescott, he's going into the playoffs clinically proficient in that offense. They are at the Bucks, a four-seed in Tampa that won a bad South in the NFC. We're Grant and Danny. You're listening to the fan. Let's talk about some of those QB options as we continue next live from B-Dubs and Falls Church on GND.
3: With Danny, I'm Grant. You're
2: listening to the fans. Sam Howe playing his first NFL game yesterday in a 20-point win over the Cowboys. Hard to make a better first impression on Commanders fans than that. How about his first pass was a touchdown? That's one way to endear yourself to fans. You benefit from the fact that you know this fan base's last couple of girlfriends were among the worst that you could possibly have. That's right. I mean, a pro football focus grades quarterbacks, and based on X number of snaps, you have to qualify and 39 quarterbacks this year did. Of those 39 quarterbacks, Heineke and Wentz graded out 33rd and 34th. Side by side. It's amazing
3: that they're right there, by <laughs> the way.
2: Right <laughs> there. Like That's unreal. Wentz was several sp- – 10, 12 spots higher and just kept dropping, dropping. Yeah. And then that last game against Cleveland – That'll your grade. He yeah. fell below Heineke uh. for the first time all year. But they were 33rd and 34th. The only quarterbacks that have graded worse via PFF this year than those two guys, Davis Mills, Baker Mayfield. By the way, Mills benched at one point. Mayfield released at one point. Zach Wilson benched at one point. Deshaun Watson, who had not played in years. years, is trying to get his legs back under him. And Joe Flacco, who was a backup, who just happened to play more than he was supposed
3: to. Ladies and gentlemen, your quarterback situation. Your starting quarterbacks.
2: Matt Ryan, who was benched twice, better than them. God. Russell Wilson, who should have been benched 50 times over, better than them. By the way, Watson being 38 out of 39. I mean, the Browns, if that's one of the biggest stories in football going into the next year, if that guy can play better or not. Because if he can't, they will be rotting in organizational quarterback hell for years. I mean, that, that's a fully guaranteed contract that they gave that guy. Forgive my... Uh, terminology here he deal with the devil so to speak Mm. but they were so desperate to bring him in that they just said oh you want what okay we'll 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 make sure your fine costs you almost nothing in your first year you want a fully guaranteed contract no problem you want this you want this you want this did anyone stop and say are we are we sure are we sure that he can still play after a couple years of not doing this i mean
3: i that the desperation i get i get it i have it i share it i'm i'm the desperate guy i'm the one but man, you oh were,
2: man, In fact, you were so desperate, you you signed up for the Watson treat, you know, yeah. deal. Not me. I mean, not not. To, I mean, it doesn't matter. But point being, like, I'm not playing that game. They did. They did. They are potentially screwed for a long time now. If next year he bounces back, they'll look fine. I mean, who cares? They punted on this year the moment they knew he was getting suspended. Mm-hmm. If he plays really well and they win 11 games, then their deal was worthwhile, I guess. Yeah,
3: and again, the, the the PR part's not changing. That's not going away. Anytime there's a highlight, anytime they, you know, if, if the Cleveland Browns social media account tweets out, here's Deshaun Watson Omari Cooper, you know, you're going to get vilified. You're going to get killed in, in the court of public opinion. I think they knew that, but they were just so desperate for an upgraded quarterback. And they, they feel like they unearthed everything. I mean, they tried first round draft picks in in what was like three out of four years at one point the Brandon Whedon times and uh you know they they thought they had something in Mayfield who was really good and then he wasn't man oh man just a mess
2: we're gonna be talking Sam Howell I get the sense a lot yeah in the next couple days weeks Mm -hmm. months years all of those things I want to run through a bunch of quarterbacks that could be free agents this year I want you to tell me if you have high low or no interest all right High interest, low interest, no interest in them as a commander next season. Tom Brady. High. No. Baker Mayfield. Zero. No. Sam Darnold. Zero. I'll say low because I think he'll cost nothing and he's young. Jimmy Garoppolo. Zero. Low. Depends on the price tag. Teddy Bridgewater. Zero. No. Daniel Jones. Low. High interest for me, but he's not going to be available, I don't think. Giants will sign him. I actually think he'd be awesome, with these weapons and letting them run the ball all the time. I think, I
3: think he'd be just fine.
2: Yeah. Um, when I say awesome, I should probably head No, I know what you mean. Compared yeah. to what they've had, right? It would be an awesome. It's got to be awesome. Uh, he, he will. <laughs> awesome is probably not the uh-huh. right word. Case Keenum, zero. No. Mason Rudolph, zero. No. Jacoby Brissett, low. Low. I could see pairing Jacoby Brissett with Sam Howe. You know, if you, if you do yeah. that little bit. Mm-hmm. Geno Smith.
3: Uh hi.
2: It's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. He just had a top 10 season. Yeah, we'll lose out
3: on the bidding. He's not going anywhere, You're
2: paying probably. him 30 mil? No. You got high interest in that? No. I'll say low interest. Uh, Andy Dalton? Zero. I'll say low interest. Same thing as Brissett. Give me Andy Dalton and uh, and Sam Howell next year. Lame duck season, maybe, for Rivera era. Uh, Bethard, Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke. Low. I'll say no. So there you go. Uh, that's some of what could become the quarterback market. What about Lamar Jackson?
3: I'd be very interested. Me in
2: too. I'll go <laughs> high. be available. Hide, yes. I'm going to guess that he's not available and out there. Oh, we forgot
3: about Blaine Gabbard.
2: Kidding. No, we didn't forget about him. I do have high interest in him saving people on his jet ski, though. Ah, yes. It's my favorite kind of Blaine Gabbard, mm-hmm. super Gabbard. Uh, let's talk college football next, the national championship game tonight. Danny Cannell joins us on Grant and Danny on the fan.
0: Okay, picture this.